Welcome to the Habits and Hustle podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. Today on Habits and Hustle, we have a fellow Canadian, which of course I'm thrilled about given that I'm Canadian. He is Chester Elton. He is a guru in leadership, um, a, a corporate culture expert or authority, I should call you. Um, he's been called the apostle of appreciation. Gotta love that. Eh? Yeah. Which I, eh? <laughs> I love it. I love that. And he loves orange, Absolutely. which, um, you know, is very obvious by what he's wearing. Uh, first of all, what does that mean? Apostle of appreciation. I was reading that when I was like researching you and I was curious. Well, we love that title. You know, uh, growing up in Canada, you'll appreciate this, that when we wrote our book, uh, The Carrot Principle, the uh, Toronto Globe and Mail dubbed us the Apostles of Appreciation. And it just stuck. I thought, you know, if you're going to grab a title, grab that one. That's a great one. So Globe and Mail, for those of you who are not Canadian, (laughs) it's a big deal. Yeah, Yeah. it's a big deal. That's like the New York Times of Canada. I should also say that Chester has written like a it seems like a million uh, best-selling books. A uh, few to name are All In, The Carrot Principle, Best Team Wins, yeah. and his newest book is called uh, Leading with Gratitude. And we're going to get right into all this stuff. So I guess let's start with what we were talking about earlier. We were saying off camera uh, what the opposite of gratitude is. And well, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. great question, man, because I think people get what gratitude is. You're grateful for whatever. Right. So as we interviewed a lot of brilliant leaders for this book on how you lead with gratitude, uh, we'd say, well, what, what's the opposite of gratitude? And we, we got some really interesting, you know, comments on that. Some said, well, indifference. You know, others said, well, um, entitlement, which was right. the one I really liked. I think, you know? I think entitlement is a perfect... Uh, that's exactly what I would say would be the opposite. Right, because if you're entitled, why would you be grateful? Right. I, I will tell you a cute story. So um, Kent Taylor is one of our business heroes. Now, that name may not ring a bell with you, but I'll bet you know Texas Roadhouse restaurants. Yes, I do. With the right. peanuts on the floor, and they've got a great culture, and they've got 600 restaurants. Well, he's the founder right. and the, and the, and the uh, CEO of Texas Roadhouse, and he's a really good guy down home. And we were interviewing him for the book, and so I said, well, Kent, you know, you understand gratitude in a very deep sense, what would what words would you use to describe the opposite of gratitude? And he goes, ah, Chaz, I don't know. Uh, being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that kind of, it's true, it's true. No, you know, that we, if it we were to put it in the book, we, we would. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, the spirit of gratitude is, is just such a deep way of being. And I think you appreciate that with a lot of the things that, that you profess mm-hmm. and the way you live your life. And it was very interesting to us that when we wrote The Carrot Principle, we would ask people, and I'd like, love to ask you this question, yeah, what do you think the difference is between uh, recognition and gratitude? Is there a difference? Are they synonyms? Or I, think are they I think they're synonyms. Or um, it, de- it depends. It's very contextual. What your rec- I know recognition is a very big through line in your book, right? Well, it is. Right. Like, the reason we love orange is because of the carrot, right? The yeah, carrot the principle, carrot principle. Right? Yeah, I, I, I got that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I kind of caught on to that. Do you think there's a difference, though, between recognition and gratitude? Um, I would say they're very, very similar. When I was saying it's very contextual is because it depends. You want to you be able, I guess, not really, now that I think about it, because if you have gratitude and you're grateful for, let's say, things in your life, you recognize it. Like you have enough self-awareness to uh, recognize it, therefore have gratitude for it. Is mm-hmm. that not accurate is yeah. it am i right or am i wrong i, I don't think there's a wrong answer i oh, think it's okay. a very personal interpretation uh, my interpretation of it is that gratitude does lead you to recognize and appreciate mm, people okay for for us particularly in the context of the care principle um recognition can be somewhat transactional you know you have recognition programs you have an event it can be very situational i give you a plaque i give you a trophy i give you the academy award that's recognition. Gratitude to me is much more of a way of being. It's, it's, it's deeper. Mm, I, I think, I think they're related. No question that gratitude can lead you to be more appreciative and more recognition focused. I do think though that if you think what comes first, the chicken or the egg, I think gratitude really has to come first before the recognition has any uh, real deep and deeper meaning. So, cause yeah, great. Cause I have a, th- I, I mean, 
do you find because because you are such a guru in corporate culture and work uh, in, in leadership, what would you say the number one thing that leaders don't do that they should, and what are, what is the one thing that they should do? Would you say it's recognition? I would say it would be. Well, here's what's really interesting, and 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 I love this question because for 20 years, Adrian and I have been studying corporate culture, and of course, the culture starts with the leader. Mm-hmm. So we, we, the reason we did a deep dive on leading with gratitude is we said, well, what's the difference between a, a good leader and an extraordinary leader? Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating that it was never their hard skills, right? right. I mean, exactly. you had to have hard skills. because you, That was the ticket entry. You had to know how the business ran and how you, you got things done. So it was never their hard skills. It was always their soft, soft skills. skills. Yeah. And number one in their soft skills was how they expressed uh, gratitude. Which, which we found fascinating. Right. And you think of some of the best leaders that you've interviewed or some of the best people you've worked for, I guarantee you that you had a connection to them in that they made you feel valued and appreciated and they were grateful for what you did and how you did right. it. Right. They recognize, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they recognize it. I think that's so true. When you look into what makes uh, a good corporate culture, like let's say like for you being the, the expert in this, can you... Pick a company that we all would be familiar with that does it really well. Uh, American Express. America, okay. Uh, interestingly enough, you think, well, it's kind of okay. big corporate. It's a bank. Uh, Ken Chenault, who we interviewed for the book. Right. Um, very much has created this culture of inclusiveness. Uh, he invests in his people. And, and there is very much a spirit of gratitude there. When we interviewed uh, Ken, I call him Ken because I talked to him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, we've done a lot of work with American Express, and it really was an honor to interview him because really a trailblazer in so many ways. You know, uh, being African-American and the head of this huge company was, was, right. uh, was very inspiring. And that the way he invested in his people just through the various programs. Um, David Kashash, who, who runs their comp and band, we've done a lot of work with them. The way he would take his people uh, out to do service projects. One of the things we talk about is serve together and, and be appreciative for people that have a lot less. And as you give more of yourself, you're more grateful for what you have. I mean, right. It's what your parents taught you, right? Kind of, exactly. Better to it's give like, than to receive. Right, exactly. And it's kind of just like it becomes cyclical. But there's two things. Number one, one, one thing I did see was, and I, I, I wasn't, I think it's in uh, Leading with Gratitude. You gave an example about Netflix. Was that in the Leading with Gratitude? Yeah. About how uh, the CEO of the company was like, they do a lot of uh, strategic include like inclusiveness right. and someone and an employee said something like uh asked a question of sums and from that question it was how it became that they actually or it was a question like why movies or tv kind of do um execute well why do you say it right more, he said, he, said he was one execute? of the engineers it wasn't the guy that right. was involved in signing the contracts or he goes you know i've often wondered why do we when we release the tv shows why do we do like one a week and meet it out, or right. why don't we just release them all at the same time? And the guy said, you know, I don't know. I, it's just the way we've always done it. Right. And they said, well, let's try it. And so do, have binge, you ever... That's how Binge TV exactly. started, right? Because some engineer asked the question, and the CEO, which who's, who was the CEO of, of Netflix? You know, his name escapes okay. me at the, at the but, time, too. But now. basically, like, listen, was very thoughtful and interested in what his employees were saying. And from that moment on, they released every single episode. And that's how binge TV really started, which I found to be, I didn't know that, which I thought was very interesting. And it kind of started an entire different uh, culture in how we consume entertainment. Exactly. And it was because the, the, from the top down, like from what looks like to me, a lot of times, Corporate culture comes from the top and it trickles down. So who, however your leader leads is how the corporate culture will like, kind of develop. Well, very insightful. You know, you want to change a culture, change the leader. Right. I mean, whether you're a corporate guru or a sports fan, you right. know, you change the top and the top, it ripples down. And the, the reason we are so invested in in the whole leadership process, see, that's Canadian yeah. too, <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that um, the way a leader acts the values and, and vision and you know direction mm-hmm. of a leader gives everyone else permission to act the same way. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important to get that leadership role right. You see, it, for me in business, there are very few differentiators left. You know, technology and, and, and tech has brought barriers of entry to, to business very low. The two differentiators that I believe will always be there 
is number one, leaders. We can never have too many good leaders, right? And secondly is culture, because culture is hard to replicate. Mm -hmm. You can replicate products and services. Culture is hard to replicate. And again, the culture starts at the leader because the way he or she acts gives everyone else permission. Mm -hmm. You'll see the scandals, you know, whatever company, and there are are many, right? right? What happened? The leader came off the rails, right? All of a sudden, the leader started cutting corners. The leader started... And cheating on his expense account or cheating on his wife right. or whatever it might whatever be. Right? It is. And then all of a sudden, it, the, the whole organization go, well, if I want to be him, I guess that's the behavior that's acceptable. So what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the number one mistake that you see p- people do then as leaders? And, and another great question. And to me is they've, they've got to stay grounded. They've got to, like the Netflix CEO did, you've got to stay connected with your people. You've got to continue to walk in their shoes. You've got to continue to see what's going on. And the only way you do that is to be with your people and open your ears and listen. And I honestly believe that the leaders that understand gratitude never get too carried away with themselves. Mm, yeah. Back to Ken Chenault. If you were to talk to Ken Chenault, you think, my gosh, with the incredible success that guy has had, how grounded and personable and open is he? He would have town hall meetings with his people. They could ask him anything. He would respond. He would give them his cell phone number and they would text him and he would respond. So he never got disconnected. Right. I think a lot of times people tend to lead with fear, right? Because what happens is they think that's going to keep people in line, but then the employee morale is really screwed up. And people, when the people, when the employee morale is a problem, People don't do their jobs as well. They're not as uh, they're not as interested in, in um, I guess, helping the greater cause, right? Helping the bottom line. They're all kind of like clocking in when they have to, like at the minute they have to, and clocking out the second. Um, and so, like, I really do believe that you know it's very, very important to be able to like kind of like really be cognizant and aware of how to, to, to create a morale and a culture where people are all really in it. Like there's teamwork involved and there's, right. right? And there's people rooting for each other. I know you talk a lot about that as well. Um, but those things are, have to, that has to be deliberate, you know? Absolutely. It, it doesn't just happen. Culture is an everyday event. It's right. not a year-end party. Right, right? exactly. 364 days a year, it's a living hell, but you're going to want to hold on <laughs> to that open bar. You know? Right. It's not the case. We define an all-in culture as where people believe what they do matters mm-hmm. and they make a difference. Right. And then I'd love to add to that. And when they make a difference, somebody noticed it and celebrated it. Right. So if I really believe what I do matters, am I going to go the extra mile? Absolutely. And when I can connect the dots to what I do every day makes a difference, that's that's the sweet spot, right? Now, it's really interesting. We were having a conversation a little earlier about generational differences. Yeah, I was right? going to bring that up, yeah. And uh, we wrote a wonderful book called what, what Motivates Me. And it, in that book, we have an online assessment where you can rank order what it is in the workplace that are your key passions. What are you really passionate about in the workplace? Generationally, it was interesting how it differed. Well, millennials, which are now the biggest part of the workforce, and you know, by 2020, will be 75% of the workforce, right? Um, top motivators were impact, learning, and family. So am I making a difference? Can I connect the dots, right? Is what I do meaningful? Are huge pieces of where, now it is general, right? What were they before if that wasn't it? Well, it was interesting. It was also impact and family expressed in much different ways. For example, for, for, for baby boomers, it, and which is my generation, right? I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers. It, it was all about work. You know, work, it was, it wasn't, it was what we did and how we did it and how we got promoted Mm. and how we made money to support our families. We had our work life and then we had our personal life because you could go to work and work would end at five o'clock because at five o'clock, no one could get a hold of you. Right. right. That's right. We didn't have cell phones. Right. Now we've got smartphones and you know, it's five o'clock somewhere. Right. So somebody's going to expect you to respond. So now with this blur, you don't have a work life and a personal life. You You have a life that is intertwined intimately intertwined mm-hmm. right 100%. and because and business is so much more global i mean you know you, you've got guys in singapore you've got guys in hungary you've got guys in india and well, that time shift i mean that's what i mean it's five o'clock somewhere somebody at some point needs you to engage so now the meaning of work has become much more important because i don't have nine to five i'm, I'm 24 7 mm-hmm. so if what i'm doing if i'm passionate about what i'm doing and I really believe I'm having an impact and making a difference. 
that's not a problem. And I can find ways to do that quickly and efficiently with tech that still allows me to have that time for family. Mm. Is it all making sense? Absolutely. And the, and the thread that runs through all of that is when I do something, is there that culture of gratitude? Is there that feedback that keeps my soul engaged mm-hmm. and not just my my head? Right. And you are, I understand that. That makes sense to me. Um, but you're, a lot of what you say, um, I feel like everything evolved and more. It's like back then, people stayed at one job, right? And they stayed there for 20 years. Right. Now. 30 years, 40 30 years. 30 years, yeah. 50 years, whatever it is. I think it's, well, we all know people very much, they switch jobs very, very quickly. And why do they do that? Do and I was going to say, a lot of it's because they don't feel like they're making a difference at the current place that they're working. Um, they don't feel like recognized. They don't feel recognition. They don't feel connected. They don't feel impactful. And the companies, it's interesting that I've seen just friends of mine working at who feel like they they actually matter they actually, there's, they don't have that turnover. Right. Right. They just don't have that turnover. So one of the things you asked me is, you know, what are things that leaders don't do? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's proved out in our book is that there are leaders that lead with fear and they don't think they're leading with fear. They just think they're being very candid and open and honest and they're just being tough, mm-hmm. get, get, get her done managers. Right. And, and meanwhile, leaving this carnage of fearful, yeah, yeah, yes. ruined employees in their way. Right. Another one was a compensation. Just get the compensation right. If we get the compensation right, then people will flock to us. Well, you know, I know you have friends that make a lot of money that hate going to their jobs. Yeah, they're called golden handcuffs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what the, that, that, those are clearly mistakes. I mean, if you create a culture that's simply about money, that's a mercenary culture. And now there may be some roles where that's what you want. Right. You want killers, right? Uh Generally speaking, though, if you can keep that continuity and keep people engaged, and that's where that I feel valued and appreciated in my job. One of the number one reasons, this is the Society for Human Resource Management, constantly surveys, why do people leave their jobs? Money is not number one. I was going to say, it's funny. People think that money is the number one uh, primary reason someone stays at a job, but it's actually quite far down the list. It is. Yeah. Feeling valued and appreciated is number one. What's number two? 79%. I don't know. I only keep track of number oh, that okay. and money. <laughs> <laughs> that, number one and right, money. Right, okay, right, that's money. fair. I'll tell that's... you what's, what's happening with millennials. One of the top reasons they're leaving jobs is nowhere to grow. And that's mm. misinterpreted as, oh, he wants to be or she wants to be the CEO in three months. No, they want to feel like they're growing as people and developing. One of the really interesting insights I had, we were at a, a conference and... Uh, the question went out to the group, because I always like to attend the other sessions as well, right? What can we learn? Mm-hmm. And it said, what do you expect from your manager? And one of the most impactful statements was, this young gentleman said, I don't expect my manager just to make me a better worker and a more efficient worker. I expect them to help me become a better person. That's a huge shift mm. from my generation. Right, right, My right. generation was, you leave your personal yeah. life at the door, it's called work for a reason. We're here to work, get her done, and get out. It's not the same type of ideology. It's not ideology. at all. That compact has changed. I expect my job not only to help me pay my bills, I expect my job to help me grow and develop as a person. And now millennials, which are very mission-driven mm-hmm. and very impact-driven, if I get to the point where I don't feel like I'm growing and developing and I've lost my opportunity to make an impact, I'm open to move. Then how do you do that? Like, let's get some, some pra- like tactical like, ways to do this. How does someone um, build a team, a, a, an environment that's very much inclusive, uh, that's about team building and uh, basically how we're talking about? Like, what's something that someone can do if they're a leader listening to this? Yeah. You know, a really insightful question. You've clearly done this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but thank no, you. But I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> you know, I, I, it comes back to a lot of the things we've covered briefly, and that is listening. They need to be good listeners. And the biggest reason that we, or one of the big myths that people give as to why they don't lead with gratitude, why they're not more inclusive is, I just don't have time. I, we get a lot of things going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the difference between good leaders and extraordinary leaders is 
They find the time. Right. You can't make time. Everybody gets 24 hours, right? They find the time. They find time to engage one-on-one. They find time to manage to the one. They find time to ask the questions about where do you want to be two to three years from now? What do you think your best contributions are to the team? Right. Mm -hmm. What have you seen that we're doing that we could do better? And instead of sort of these annual reviews, which everyone hates, they were doing these regular check ins. And again, not a huge time suck. 10, 15 minutes just checking in with you. Is it done through when it's a big company? And as people get more successful, the company's obviously growing more employees. How do you do that? Do you do a survey once every quarter? Do you do actual face to face meetings? I mean, how does it, what's the all actual of the above. way? All the above. Absolutely. You know, you'll have your, you're in an employee engagement surveys. Mm-hmm. You'll have your, your check-ins or your, you know, um, monkey right. surveys, <laughs> you know, right, right, survey right. monkey, whatever it is. Survey, survey monkey. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Uh, and over and above all of that, what's really important is that one-on-one. It absolutely is. And, and as the organization gets bigger, again, remember, the way the leader acts gives everyone permission to act the same mm-hmm. way. If the leader's doing it with his or her direct reports, then she can do it as, as far as the, the line managers and the supervisors. It's got to cascade through the organization. Yeah. You're, you're never going to be able to keep track of 10,000 people. Right. You can break that up into smaller groups, which is what an organization is. And so the biggest impact on the engagement score of any individual employee, the number one impact is the relationship with the immediate supervisor. Mm-hmm. I, I may love and respect the CEO like crazy. If I hate my immediate supervisor, I'm still leaving. hundred right? percent. Yeah. I agree with that. And also, I feel like more and more people are not even working in the office, though. They're more working from wherever. Like now with technology, you can be in like, Zimbabwe and be connected, right? And that's where I think video conferencing is really helpful. Okay. I mean, on the phone is great. You know, so email, that's the low part of the food chain, right? right? Um, Texting gets a little higher, right? Right. Um, Video conferencing. I, I'm a big fan, you know, and because and, you can see, even if you're on a conference call, if all you can hear is voices, I guarantee you, half the people are, are checking their email right, or they're, they're checking the scores a, or right, multitasking. Right, they're not 100% right? like invested in that, right? If you're seeing people face to face, it's a lot better. Now, yeah. the, the best by far is can we breathe the same air? Now, I understand if you're located in London and you've got somebody in Singapore, that's going to be a rare occurrence. Right. The point is, is that you've got to be disciplined about finding those points of contact. Now, I'm going to give you a suggestion that we give to a lot of leaders. Uh, we started to do a lot of uh, executive coaching, which I love because it's the one-on-one. Yeah. Right? And one of the things that I continue to have the executives I coach do is really old school. It's really retro, and yet it's hugely impactful. And it's I get them to write handwritten notes. I, I agree. You know what? That That's a lost... It's, it's a lost it's, art. It's a lost art. And I will tell you, I when people write even a thank you letter, a note to me, it's so much more impactful than just getting an email because I feel like that's like the... The la- it's kind of like the lazy man way of doing things. Like it really does stand out when you actually get that handwritten note. Yeah. And see, the thing is, we talk about you want to be timely. Right. You know, when you express your gratitude, like gratitude doesn't keep. You think, okay, it's like, it's like a banana, right? Yeah, right. You know, oh, it'll keep, it'll keep. And then finally, you got to make banana bread because it's, you know, it's all mushy. You think you'll remember and you won't. The wonderful thing about uh, texting and emails is it can be very timely. You can do it immediately. The better thing about a handwritten note, and it's, I ask audiences all the time when we present, how many of you received a handwritten note? Right here. How many of you kept it? Why did you keep that and you didn't keep the blast email? Like, why didn't you print that thing out, right? right? And the answer is always the same, because it was personal. Somebody took the time. It's a work of the hand. They actually had to put a stamp on it, put it in the mail. Exactly. Right? And I'll tell you, the impact is, is it's one of those moments where whenever it shows up, it's welcome. Yeah. Whenever it shows up. And isn't it amazing? You know, say, well, because I, 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 I'm a thank you note writing lunatic, right? Right. And people say, oh, your, your, your card, it just came at such it's at the perfect moment. Well, I put it in the mail. I wasn't sure it was going to get there, period. Right, 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 <laughs> right. right, right. But that's a perfect way of showing, making someone feel recognized and shows that you're grateful and it makes them feel special. I think feeling special is really kind of like a crux of all of this, right? People want to feel like they matter. My voice is heard. What I did mattered. And somebody noticed it and celebrated it. And I will tell you, it's a great practice in your personal life. So at, at, at one point, I had two of my sons were off to school out in the West. You know, we live mm-hmm. just outside New York City, right? 
Summit, New Jersey. Love Summit. Right. And I would weekly, I would write them a letter from their dad and I'd pop it in the mail. And then uh, once every two or three months, they'd write me back. You know, right, was, right, right. the cadence wasn't one to one. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, I got this beautiful letter from my son, Brendan. And uh, he said, Dad, I know I don't write you as often as I should. I just want to let you know how much I appreciate those letters that come in the mail. Whenever I see that orange envelope, of course, <laughs> of course orange, right? Yeah, exactly. He says, I know it's a letter from my dad. And here's what he said that I thought was so wonderful. He said, you know, Dad, I don't always read it right away. Sometimes I'll save it for when I'm having a, a tough day. And then I'll read it. Because I know after I read a letter from my dad, I'll feel better about myself. Wow. Isn't that a wonderful That's moment? That's really nice. That yeah. doesn't happen in a text. Mm -mm. It doesn't happen in an email. And I know that he saves those and puts them in his journal. Because that one that he wrote me, I put in my journal. Right. It lists an emotion, right? That's, Absolutely. That's a, that's a, I mean, that's a beautiful thing to hear from your son. I feel like with, but if people are working away from the office, though, how could you build a strong corporate culture because you're, you're dis, because you're just kind of disengaged, right? Like you're. It's all about frequency, right? And so we, we've talked about this as we coach organizations. Is it a problem when people do it that? Is, yeah. when, when you when you don't have conversations, when when there's radio silence, of course you're disconnected. Right. Think about your you personal life. Harder, basically. Yes. Yeah, so somebody that you really care about doesn't talk to you for two or three months. Well, what's the message? Well, I don't matter. And, you know, it's the same in corporate business. So, and this is what American Express does brilliantly. You know, they have town hall meetings that are scheduled on a regular basis. People tune in. There's follow-up. There's, uh, you know, at the supervisory level, there's the check-ins, right? There's the, 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 uh, the, the survey monkeys. Right. There's the annual review. You know, there are touches where they feel connected all the time. And then up to the individual supervisors to make sure they're staying in touch. I'll give you another incredibly uh, impactful best practice. It's our friend uh, Kent Taylor from Texas Roadhouse. Oh, right. So, you know, they've, they've got as part of their, their corporate mission is to take care of their people. And so they have this armadillo, a cowboy armadillo, this is their mm -hmm. mascot, Andy the armadillo. Yeah. Well, they have what's called Andy's outreach. So, you know, you've got a lot of people that are hourly wage folks. And then they found that while they were involved in a lot of charities and doing a lot of good, they had some of their people that would come up with an unexpected expense. Their car would break down. It would be a harsh winter and their, you know, and their heating bills would go up. They'd have an unexpected medical expense. So what they did is they had this matching fund with their employees. You can, you can, you can defer 50 cents a paycheck and the company will match it and puts it in the Andy's outreach fund. And then if you have an unexpected expense, you can submit to the employee panel. I'm a waitress. You know, I'm a single mom, three kids. My car broke down. It's an unexpected expense. I can't afford to get my car fixed. The bill is $800. Mm. And, and, and the employee fund pays the, pays the bill. Well, think about that. You know the the t-shirts I heart Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They mean it. No, that's <laughs> I know? mean that's great. That's I, I didn't know that they did that. That's a great that's a great way to kind of yeah. show appreciation yeah. and give back to your employees and and it's beyond. See to me, it's beyond that event, right? It's, because every time that fifty cents comes out of your paycheck, every time you see a coworker that has benefited from, how does that make you feel about the logo, about the mission, about the vision? Right, it's impactful. About, you're making a difference. Exactly. It's absolutely, it's all. Who those wants things. to create those forever memories for those guests that come into their restaurant to celebrate an anniversary or a birthday, or grandma and grandpa are in town? They get it. Mm -hmm. And you know, of their 600 restaurants, and you might know a little bit about the restaurant, but it's a tough business. Yeah. Well. And they open and close restaurants all the time. Do you know how many Texas Roadhouse restaurants have actually had to close? How many? That's it. Three restaurants. Out of 600. Because right. And that's a tough business. It is yeah. a tough, tough business. And why, why does it work? You talk to Ken Taylor, it's all about our people. Yeah. They do an annual event. You would love it. They do an annual event. They bring in all the restaurant managers and the assistant managers and their wives yeah. and any nursing kids, like the kids that are too little to leave behind. And they block out like six days. They go to these incredible resorts. They rent out the resort. They have incredible rock bands on the beach every wow. night. And it's all about celebrating your hard work. Because if you run a restaurant, it's 80 hours a week. Trust me. Well, absolutely. And I think what I, I think what you're also saying is, I, and I read this in your book too, that when, when companies include the family as a part of it, it's a, it's, it's a big one too, right? It's, it really increases employee morale. And... The other thing I was going to say earlier, and I didn't say it, but 
forgot, but <laughs> something about thank. If you say thank you to an employee, you're someone who works for you. It's the same as saying I love you in a relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Because you know, and this is another thing. What do leaders not do that they should? And it's the frequency of gratitude. So people say, I'll give you a great example. Yeah. Uh, we're coaching this guy, very English, love them. And I said, look, you get it. I want you to do something. I want you to write a handwritten note to your three direct reports. Mm-hmm. These guys are working hard. He goes, great. I'll do it. I said, great. So I checked in with him. I said, now, have you done it? He said, yes. And I was so surprised at how much I personally enjoyed the process of writing right, that handwritten note. I said, great. So then I checked in with him two weeks later. I said, did they get the notes? And he goes, yes, they did. I said, was it appreciated? It said, yes, it was. I said, what was their reaction? And in, in a very English way, he said, if I were to sum it up in just a few words, I think the words I would use would be, yes, they would be shock and awe. <laughs> <laughs> so it was brilliant. Now, where he missed it, and this is where a lot of leaders go wrong, he says, and then I realized how impactful it was and how I should reserve it for those moments that really matter. I went, no, that's completely wrong. Right. You should be writing them every week. You know what? And that's where it comes to frequency. You know, if you're madly in love, can you hear I love you too much? Absolutely not. Right. If it's heartfelt and, and it's meaningful, right? I love you in your personal life is thank you in the workplace. And if you do it right, you know, it has to be specific. It has to be, you know, those, it can't be just great job. Right. It has to be very, I, I saw that in a video. Specificity very is important. specific and um, right away. It yeah. can't be like, can't wait till like the year is over and be like, oh, by the way, thank right. you. Right. Do it now. Do it often. Be specific. Be sincere. Is kind of our roadmap. And when I love you f- that. Say that again. Do it. Do it now. Do it often. Be specific and be sincere. More from our guest, but first a few words from our sponsor. So everybody loves payday, but loving a payroll provider? Yeah, that could be a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and management tools to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. You can sign, store, and organize employee documents all online, and you can choose from hundreds of benefit plans to fit nearly any budget. Plus, listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. So if you want a better payroll in 2020, now is the time to start. Try a demo and test it out at gusto.com slash hustle. That's gusto.com slash hustle for three months free when you run your first payroll. And now to our next sponsor. So how often do you think about socks? If you're like I used to be, probably not much. But I recently discovered socks that literally changed the way I think about socks forever. They're called Bombas. And these socks are the most comfortable things you'll ever put on your feet. They're made with natural cotton and every pair has a seamless toe, a cushioned footbed, and they come in every color, pattern, length. I now have these amazing socks when I go running. Socks for Pilates because the socks have these traction pieces on the bottom of the socks. My husband loves their compression socks. Every type of sock you can imagine, they have. And your feet will thank you. And guess what? They also have a great philanthropic mission. For every pair of Bombas socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. So buy Bombas at bombas.com slash habits and hustle today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash habits and hustle for 20% off. How many times have you ever heard any of your friends, anybody that you've ever worked with at the end of the day say, man. I could not get anything done today. Seriously, there was so much appreciation and recognition. There was like <laughs> cakes and parties and notes. You know, they got to stop it. It's too much. It's I'm getting exactly. too much. No one says that. Nobody says you know, that. You take those employee surveys of, you know, the culture. One of the, one of the lowest scores almost always is, do I feel appreciated for my work? Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. absolutely. You're I, getting too much recognition. Now. And yet leaders will say, oh, yeah, well, you do it too much. It becomes trite. You go, yeah, try doing it too much. Yeah. I would love for you to try <laughs> doing it too much. Yeah. That's a great point. Let's talk about the five to one ratio then. Right? I love that one. Yeah. yeah. I, thought, I, I like that too. I highlighted that one. Um, 
people, it, it, it's, I, I kind of feel like it's the carrot and stick kind of, you know, basically it, it doesn't mean like you, you give a carrot five times and then you can do the stick once. Is that basically the, the, well, here's, here's the premise and it's really okay. interesting. So we discovered this incredible manager in Dallas, Texas with Avis, uh, budget rental car, Carlos Aguilera. Love okay. Carlos. Okay. Top of the charts and everything, you know, uh, engagement, customer loyalty, profitability, it's all there. And so we interviewed him and we said, well, Carlos, what do you do to keep your people so engaged? Cause your employee engagement, your turnover is so low. He starts listing all this stuff. He said, look, Give me one, give me your best, best practice. He said, oh, no question, 10 pennies. This is great for viewers, 10 pennies. I said, what do you do with 10 pennies? He said, well, I put 10 pennies in my left pocket every day. And I set a goal to have 10 positive interactions with my people every day. Now, I challenge you to do that. 10 is a lot. And the way he keeps track is he moves a penny from his left pocket to his right, right. pocket. You can do it with coins, seashells, I don't care. 10 Doesn't whatever. matter, right. Well, See, what was, what was really interesting is he didn't know this. Harvard Business School had done a study. Of course they had, you know, right. as to a positive culture, what the benefits are, and they're enormous, right? And what the ratio of positive to negative interactions is in a positive culture, right? And they came to the conclusion, it was actually it's 5.61 uh, to 1. So you could round it up to 6, but it was 5 to 1. Well, here's what's really interesting, particularly about new leaders. You want to justify that you got the promotion, right? So what are you looking for? You're looking for problems to solve because I'm the problem solver. That's why you promoted me, right? I'm going to make things better. Well, if all you're looking for is problems, all you're going to see is problems. problems right? So you're, you're criticizing people everywhere you go. Well, who wants that leader to show up? Right. So Carla said, look, to remind myself that there's a lot of little things going well every day, I put 10 pennies in my life pocket and I make sure that we call those out. Now, he can't always be with his people, but he's texting, he's calling, he's writing notes, he's having team meetings, he's calling people out. Well, let me ask you something. When he shows up at the kiosk at the Dallas airport, are they happy to see him? Probably. Of course. Yes. Now, when things go wrong and he's got to coach him up, are they going to listen? Yes. Because he's got that reserve of goodwill. He's not just here to tear everybody down. He's here to build everybody up and he assumes positive intent. In other words... His assumption is people are coming to work to do a good job, and along the way, they're going to make mistakes. And that's okay. We can correct mistakes. So you're, I'm grateful for all the things you did before. Right. So reserving positive intent, that's a, that's a, that's a good Assume one. positive intent, API. Assume that people are, are working Assume positive. Sorry, yeah, I meant to yeah. say assume positive and, intent. Jolie, who turned around Best Buy, he says, I may be naive. I just assume that people come to work and they want to do a good job. And along the way, they're going to make mistakes. And you know what? That's okay. And assuming that people are trying hard is a much better way to manage. And he says, and oh, by the way, a lot better way to live. Yeah. I mean, so having like kind of a positive outlook on, I guess it's being more optimistic than pessimistic with your employees or I with your- I think it goes even deeper than that. It's, it's, it's creating the story where the people that make mistakes aren't villains right. and you're not the victim. We had a wonderful story in, in our book where- you know, um, uh, an executive coach that we got to see, she, she'd run a big organization and she's an executive coach. Now she says, I travel a lot and I'm in the, I'm in the expert travel line. You know, right. I've got clear, I've got global yes. entry, I've got TSA, me, right? I know about that. Exactly. Yes, exactly. She says, so I get in the line and all of a sudden there's this woman with a stroller and a baby in front of me. I'm like, ah, oh, she is not an expert traveler. Right. <laughs> and she said, you know, she was the villain. I was the victim. She's taking up all my time. And then she said something happened that changed everything. She, she was struggling with all the diaper bags and everything in the stroller. And she had this precious little baby in her arms. And then because she couldn't do everything, she put the baby down on the dirty floor. And she said, at that moment, being a mother, everything changed. Mm -hmm. And I said, she's not a villain. I'm not the victim. She's just a mom that needs help. Right. She says, I left my bags. I walked up and I said, can I help? And I picked her baby up and I held her baby while she went through the line. And she said, you know, in that moment when you feel like the victim, pause, gather in a little more information and create a different story. It's not a woman who's stupid who got in the wrong line. Mm -hmm. It's a harried mother trying to get to wherever she's going to go. And I'm not the victim. I can help out. And she said, at that moment, everything changed for me. Well, assume positive and assume, assume a better story. When somebody cuts you off on the highway and they're screaming, they notice something, you know what? I don't know what that guy just came from. I don't know if he's rushing to the hospital to, 
because his wife's sick. I don't know if he's got a troubled kid who's got to bail on it. I mean, there's a million reasons why people get upset on the highway. And it's That's true. It's easy to villainize people when you just say, you know what, guy's having a bad day. I'm going to give him a pass. It's a good it's a good point to pause and then try to have perspective. It's hard, though, like in the moment. When in the moment, it is. It's always easier, like after the fact, to think that way. You, you know, know how you get better at it? How practice. Exactly. Know, no one knows say, that better than you. Right? No, exactly. I'm all about that. I think building building any you can you could become anything you want if you practice at it. That's my entire, you know, well, philosophy sure. in life, right? I mean, so if you're not good with gratitude, practice gratitude and you'll get better. That You did say something, though, that there's brains, uh, people who have more gratitude, I guess, more naturally, there's more gray matter in their brain. <laughs> so, I mean, if you, th- you're you saying then basically there is a part of it is, is kind of innate, like a genetic in a way, right? For some people, you know, some people grow up in ridiculously happy households where there's a lot of right. gratitude and I'm one of those guys, you know. Yeah, I can tell. Other orange <laughs> shit, yeah, exactly. You know, with others, like anything, it just takes practice. It's you know, practice. It's, it's a muscle that needs to be exercised. And, you know, our friend Amir, he's got gratitude journals. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and that's a wonderful practice. We talk about that in our book. I know we're going to talk. Let's let's talk about that right now. You got so it. One, of, one of the things you have a checklist of the seven things that you do every day. Right. Right. You pray and meditate you read your scriptures right you take vitamins which vitamins do you take a whole bunch <laughs> my wife just keeps giving them to me and i just keep taking oh, okay. them. Yeah. Uh, a protein shake or a healthy breakfast what time right. do you wake up in the morning you know because i travel it really does vary i try to get up at six i'm not a five o'clock guy and you exercise you write down things you're grateful for every day and you write in your grateful journal. So how important do you think the grateful, the gratitude journal is? You know, I, I think it's just so key. Uh, not only do I, 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 and I do all, I try to do that all first thing in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not only do I write down three things in my business journal, my wife and I have a wonderful practice. And so no matter where I am, you can text, you know, all the time changes. And we just say, what are your three? And if we can get on the phone, say, what are the three things you're grateful for today? So it's not, so you, you and your wife have a practice where you both do the gratitude. You, you say three things with you're grateful other. to with each other. That's a nice thing. So it does, it's not necessarily about each other, not three things about you or exactly. her, but it's three things that you're, you're, you're grateful for, but you guys say it to each other. Yeah. It's what happened in your day. What were you grateful for today? You know, and, and for me, sometimes it, too. What's that? It makes you, it gives you an accountability that you know that you're going to be doing that. So you have someone else that's accountable for that, that for you to do that. Right. I think people should like listen to that because a lot of times things go amiss and they're like, oh shit, I didn't do it today. Cause you know, people like, it's hard for people to start uh, building sometimes positive habits and having an accountability partner is a very good way to do that. Well, and not only that, it gives me a little insight into her day and, as, that's and a little insight into my day. You know, for me, see how I think versus you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, you know, we're very spiritual in our family. Okay. And so as we finish up, it's really interesting. We'll say, and did you see the hand of God? In your day today, is there something that was an emotional connection that 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 occurred today that you felt that was the hand of God in my life? And you know what? I, I love that. Probably. That my wife added that. Right. You know that I that. that I even get dressed in the morning and it is attributed to the fact that I married above my station. <laughs> my, 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 my wife is remarkable. Your pay grade. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. Uh, excuse the pun. So, how did you even become this expert in corporate culture? Like, what was your story that made you create this as your your calling or your your life. Well, I love that you say it's a calling because it really has become that. You know, um, there are a lot of factors, and I'll, I'll try to make this as quick as I can. More than anything, I grew up in a ridiculously happy household. My my mom and dad were married for sixty five years, and it, and one of the greatest romance stories ever. And my dad was. You talk about the leader gives you permission. My my dad role modeled to me the, the the perfect father and the perfect husband. Was he perfect? No, he modeled perfection. Right. He used to say, "He goes, look, if you're looking for you know a, a, a perfect company, you're going to be out of luck because they're going to be looking for perfect employees, and you're not going to qualify." <laughs> right? So, and anyway, I will share this with you. My my, my mother worked. You know, she had, she was a, a fashion model. She had her own little modeling agency. She was wonderful. Oh and wow! She could play the piano, and my dad would sing. They were quite the couple. Well, anytime she would pass by or come through the room and I was with my dad, he would say these three things. He'd nudge me and he'd say, Chess, look at you, mom. Isn't she beautiful? Isn't she talented? Aren't we lucky? Every time. 
time. He did? He did. And, and I have four older brothers. And you know what? We all have ridiculously happy, happy marriages. You know why? Because whenever we think about right. our wives, we think three things. Isn't she beautiful? Isn't she talented? Aren't we lucky? So you had a good role model. Absolutely. Now, in the workplace, you know, I've had a lot of different mm-hmm. jobs, as many people have, and most of them in sales. So I was always very reward-driven, right? Get the plaque, make the sale, close the deal. And it, it, it occurred to me along the way, and it was an awakening for me, that I never wanted to sell anybody anything they didn't really need. I really wanted to make a difference with my products and services. So I, I, I took a job with a company called OC Tanner, and we were in the reward and recognition business. Carrot principle we wrote, Adriana, when we both worked for that company. And it was a wonderful insight into when people felt valued and appreciated. And there was a ceremony that those symbols and those moments really were impactful on people. Mm-hmm. Well, I was selling these programs, right? So I called our CEO, Kent Murdoch at the time, and I said, Kent, you know, if we were the thought leaders, you would make my job a lot easier. And thought leaders write, and no one's written the definitive book on employee recognition. Write the definitive book, and then people will call me and make my job easier. And he goes, that's a great idea. Write the book. I said, yeah, no, you didn't hear me right. You should write the book. I should benefit. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what he said? It was one of those moments he said, you know what, Chess, you're, in a, you're a smart guy. Figure it out. You can do both. I said, you give me crushing quotas. You're a smart guy. You figure it out. So for about a year, I played with ideas. And then he called me back. This is a great leader, right? He remembered. He said, you know what? I just hired a writer. His name's Adrian Gostick. Introduce yourself at the, at the annual meetings and write the book. I think it's a great idea. Well, Adrian grew up in Canada too, hey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we had that hockey thing, right? Yeah. And we got together and a year later, we, we dropped a book on his, his desk called Managing with Carrots. And it was the best you know, recognition programs of some of our best clients and so on. And that was the start. And then people said, hey, I loved your book. You speak on your book, right? And we went, yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Why not? <laughs> that sounds like fun. Make it till you make it. Right. And right. so we went to conference and said, oh, that's fun. That's fun. And then people say, hey, loved your speech. You have training on that, right? And we went, we probably should. <laughs> you know, the company was located in right. Salt Lake City. And so the Covey guys were there and the crucial conversation. And you always know a guy who knows a guy. Right. So we said, hey, here's our book. Can you create training? And they did. And so that became our virtuous circle. We'd speak or people would read the book, we'd speak, and then we'd train, and then they'd buy more books. And, and then it evolved where we went from really being recognition-focused to being culture, leadership, and gratitude-focused. And it's really been a remarkable journey and wow. very satisfying. And I will tell you, the reason we're still very passionate about it is because not only does it work in the workplace, and we've got a database now of over a million engagement surveys to draw from. I mean, our data is rock solid. Right. Is that when people took it home, That's what we love because as you look at the research, if you're happy in the workplace and really passionate about what you do, and this was a study done at the University of California, you're 150% more likely to be happy in your personal life. Oh, yeah. So when we grab leaders, we say, you know what? Not only do you have a responsibility to model the right behaviors and give permission to do the same, you need to send your people home happy because the ripple effect is far greater than you can imagine. I mean, how many times have you had a job that you hated and you, and you brought that agita. You oh, brought, absolutely. You bring it home. You, and, it, and it makes you shorter with your kids and your partner mm-hmm. and your spouse. And the opposite is true. When you, say, oh, you can't believe what we did today. It was amazing. Absolutely. Everything changes. I think that's so important to say because I think people have to do what they like and when and or and part of that is if you're not an entrepreneur on your own or and you're working for a corporate or for a company, having that having that feeling of of contentment and and uh, happiness is such an important part because the truth is like how many marriages fall apart and how many and how and and how much anxiety and depression is happening with like medication because people are at the crux so miserable at the one thing they do more than anything else exactly people are at work more than anything else like. They, they, how many hours is it that they say a day? Like you're at least there, what, 80% of your day is oh, yeah. spent at work minimum. Right. So if you're miserable there, of course it's going to have a terrible trickle-down effect in everything else in your life. And it is interesting. You know, you talk about habits and developing those muscles. You know, I, I quote my dad a lot because yeah. he was very quotable. Right. <laughs> and he would say, you know, happiness is a choice. Choose to be happy. Yeah. My well, husband says that all the time to me. Good for him. I yeah. like your husband already. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the fact is, is that if you can't choose to be happy at work, you need to choose to work somewhere else. Yeah. 
And you got to make that. I, 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 I was involved in a job that I was just so passionate about for like 19 years. And leaders changed, culture changed. And it was my wife, again, right. I'll kick my coverage, right? <laughs> Pulled me aside and said, look, I know you're contemplating whether you should stay or whether you should leave. Let me make this easy for you. You're leaving. I don't know right. what we're going to be doing. We're just not doing this anymore. Right. And it was really interesting. And this really stuck with me. She said, because I want my husband back. Right. You were this happy, engaged, mission-driven, and you are miserable. She actually grabbed me one time and she said, you got to stop yelling in the shower. You're scaring the kids. Because right. you know when you're in the shower and you have those yeah, conversations? Exactly, it, was, exactly. it was horrible. Or as we'd say in Jersey now, horrible. It's a horrible <laughs> way to live. So you got to move hey, on. If you're, if you're in Canada. Yeah, yeah, Canadian yeah, living horrible, in Jersey. Eh? Yeah. Right? No, it's 100% true. And so... I, I think that's why I think this is a very meaningful uh, conversation because like, because people do spend so much time in the work, in the workforce, in the workplace um, to, to be, like, to be aware of like why you're happy, why, what, what, or how to be happier or how to change your environment. If it's not, ha- if it's not working exactly, you and know, my, find a, a culture that works for you. And, and, and it's so important. I, I think you're spot on. You know, my grandma used to say, look, you, you can't live in a sewer and not smell like one. Right. I mean, I, I, I love I, that. I love that. Saying. Yeah. Well, and it's true. I, a friend who had this great job, you know, and, uh, and again, extraordinary wife. And he, he went, they went to the year end big party and everything. And his wife said, huh? So these are the people you work for? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, well, you want to become like them? And he goes, well, <laughs> well, no. He said, look, I, I can create my own thing. She goes, no, you can't. We're leaving. It's like, 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 like seriously, she said, you've got to get out of here because you spend so much time here with those people, it can't help but rub off on you. Well, that's, isn't it, do you know that saying that you are the five people that you surround yourself the most? Right. Right? So if you work that much, that's what's going to help. That, that, that toxicity becomes your new normal. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, and this comes back to leaders again, some of the mistakes they made. They, they, they want to be the smartest person in the room every time. And it's such a mistake. Like the Netflix guy hadn't listened to this random engineer. Who knows? A hundred percent. You never want to be the smartest person in the room. That's one of my laws of. of Well, my my dad said that too. He said, you know, Jess, you never want to be the smartest guy in the room. He says, you know, and good for you because you can literally walk into any room. (laughs) You're going to be fine. He also said, yeah, I had a great face for radio. So um, he had a great sense of humor. He was great. You're you're lucky because like you came from a place that you had a really wonderful role model. And so that's why when people don't have that, that, um, that good luck, really, then it's important to like to be to find to find an environment number one where you can thrive by being self-aware and watching and practicing well you've got to practice yes and and i think what you've hit on is so important you you take yourself out of that bad environment you find good mentors you find good coaches so i think faith plays a a big big yeah you know find your congregation whatever faith it might be whatever meditation it is and surround yourself with good people you can never have too many good people in your life right and when you when you find those toxic people, you got to find ways to just get them out. Right, I agree with that. So finding mentors, I'm just gonna I'm gonna recap this. So for people, um, finding mentors, finding role models, finding a, a, a tribe or a community exactly where, where you can thrive and you can you can like kind of glean the the good information and positive habits of those other people and protect your tribe right and protect your tribe you know it's interesting i I was talking with uh uh, amir about my ahmed my uber driver yeah 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 who you know 10 years ago brought his family over from from jordan and uh, because they were in peril and i said well what brought you to stacy goes oh to protect my family he says you know and and the reason i'm i'm doing this full time is so that my wife can stay home to make sure that my kids don't get involved in those kinds of things he says my whole mission as a father is to protect my kids and protect my family. Right. Well, yeah, I gave him five stars. Right, exactly. <laughs> and maybe a tip. Absolutely. You know, maybe a, a tip. tip. Right. And, and you just love people that understand that. Right. And I think so often, because we are so privileged, mm-hmm. right, we talked about entitlement, you know, and the different neighborhoods. We, we feel so, we, we forget that 99% of the world would trade places with us in a nanosecond. 100%. That we can turn on the tap and get drinkable water. That we can go outside and not feel unsafe. Right. You know, that we've got more than enough food to eat. And I think this is, again, a part of what leaders, the great leaders, the extraordinary leaders really understand, like the like the Ken Chenaults and, 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 and like the, the Kent Taylors. 
they, they, they go on whatever you want to call them, mission trips. They, they serve together. They take care of each other. They, 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 they go build a house, uh, habitat for humanity. They make sure they've got funds to take care of their employees. Mm-hmm. It's much more personal. And they, and because they care, you know, one of the guys that we got to spend some time with was, um, Alan Mulally. And I don't know if that name rings a bell with you, but no, it doesn't. He saved Ford Motor Company in the big recession when the big three were, uh-huh. they brought him in from Boeing to turn that whole thing around. And it's a remarkable story. There's a book written about it called American Icon. Put it on oh, your list. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I did hear about this. And you know what his first rule of leadership is? What? It's your people. Love them up. <laughs> Love right. them up. You know, and I just go. But that's basically what you've been saying for the last hour yes. here. Right? And how many leaders don't get that? Right. Though? That's what I'm saying. People go around and around and around. And yet, like, when it's, when sometimes it's the most obvious thing, that's people try to find what, what the answer is when it's really usually the most obvious thing right and that's true it is the people because like that's when a company will thrive people go to something when they have a when they have an emotional feeling towards human it's the soft stuff it's like yep. the nuance it's not the hard it's not the hard skills it's the soft stuff it's it's how you how 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 something makes you elicit an emotion and that's usually a human feeling a human connection the emotional engagement is the all emotion, that makes all the difference it's a, it's a, it's, yeah, it's we, a, we talk about that it's not the what you do and how you do it it's the why and when you understand the why and you get that emotional connection everything gets better passion goes up you can overcome obstacles you, you look for resources you you bring people in you listen to your team and say look we just got to get this done Right. And, and none, no one of us can do it by ourselves. How do, how do we come together on this thing to, to make this happen? It's that important. And that's yeah. where it gets magical. And that's to your point. People want to be a part of that. They yeah. don't leave that. In no. fact, they flock to it. They flock to it. That's great. This has been a great conversation. And is there anything you want to add before we like, rant, like basically just, uh, well, you know, I always like to end by saying, look, be sure to take it home. Yeah. I mean, you know, so often we find executives that, that have put so much into their jobs, they come home exhausted. And, and I get that, you know, you can justify it by saying, I'm exhausted because I'm providing for my family. Well, you know what your family really wants? They want your time. Your friends, your families, your partner, whatever your, 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 your configuration is, they want your time, they want your attention. We talk about at the end of our book, we said, take it home and here's some best practices. Turn off your phone. Be happy to see each other. You know, be excited to see each other. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're newly minted grandparents, right? So we've got a four-year-old grandson. I know, we've got a little, you know, she's almost a year old little granddaughter. When, when Lucas comes over, he's so excited to see us. Like, there's nothing better. That is true, yes. And what can we learn from that? Well, when you come home from a trip and your husband, be excited to see him. So great to see you. Instead of, I'm so exhausted. Can you on my feet? What's there to eat for dinner? It's so, it's again, like this little is, things. it's like the little, it's the nuance. It's like the devil is in the details, right? And yeah. it's also, again, we talked about this, it's perspective. But those are things that you have to remind yourself of. And it's so important. And get in the routine and, and do it routine. every day. It's an everyday thing. Well, actually, there's there's two things I'd like to say at the end. Okay. One is buy a lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's available on Amazon, leading with gratitude, you know, make my mama proud. Secondly is we talk about taking it home and being grateful. Right. And I brought you a little gift. Yes. A gift. That was not necessary, but I love gifts. So, Who doesn't, yeah, right? But, right. And so we have a tradition when we're grateful for someone, we, we create that appreciative moment, that grateful moment. And we use the metaphor of the carrot. You give more carrots and less sticks. Mm-hmm. So I brought for you our mascot, Garrett the carrot. Oh, that is so cute. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. It always cheers up everybody's day. We it love does. Garrett the carrot. And I hope every time you look at that, you'll remember how blessed and grateful you are for the wonderful life you have and to pass it on. Absolutely. I actually love this because it'll also remind me to always lead with giving the carrot, not the stick. This Perfect. is amazing. Thank you so much, Chester. It's been really, really fun having you as our guest on Habits and Hustle. There you go. Um, a fellow Canadian. Where can people find you besides, of course, leading with gratitude on Amazon? Yeah, we've got we've got a wonderful training company called The Culture Works. You can reach us at thecultureworks.com, chesterelton.com, adriangostic.com. And we're very active on LinkedIn. We've got a great followership there. So please feel free to reach out and connect on LinkedIn. We've got lots of articles and lots of tips and it's all free. This has been very helpful for, and also it's very, it's very, um, I just, this such great information. I think that people can really glean from. So well, I appreciate you. it. You know, I think the world at this point in particular, we just need more gratitude. We need to be more civil. We need to treat each other better. And if our book can help do that, then that'll be a great mission for us. Thank you so much. You bet. 
Habits and hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle, from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast, powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.